right, Grames? Are you well? I am fantastic. I had a we recorded on Thursday last week, wasn't it? Thursday morning. Friday, I think was it? Friday? No, it wasn't Friday. I tell you why. I was at a wedding on Friday. Yeah, you busy weekend. Yeah. <laughs> hey. It must have been Thursday then. I think it was Thursday, yeah. <laughs> I had a lovely, very enjoyable weekend at a wedding on Friday. And we had a big family bash on Sunday. And here we are on Tuesday. So I'm I'm in a good place. What about you? Oh, fully refreshed, I would say. Your paint, belly full of paints. No, I was driving. Good. Oh, there you go. Behaved well. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. We had a quiet enough weekend. Um, we went to barbecue on Saturday night. This, out of the two days of the weekend, one of them was wet and one of them was scorchingly hot. We went to the barbecue on the wet day. <laughs> um, as you do. That was that was typical Irish uh, stubbornness. Isn't it? No, we'll have the fucking barbecue on Saturday. Rain, hail or shine. Um, but it was great. Thanks to Mari and John for hosting that. It was lovely. Soggy, soggy burgers and hot dogs. Oh, what? Get the soggy baps out, boys. <laughs> It's lovely though. Hey, you can't beat a barbecue, and especially this kind of weather. It's all everybody wants to do. Uh, the smell of them would just light you up. But hey, whenever you're sitting at a barbecue and you look at and you have three baps sitting on your plate, you're just thinking, somebody hold me back or somebody turn my nose away from this thing because it's going to be an awful, an awful siege. Lack of control, you reckon? It's just if it's on your plate, it's been at. You know what? It's just you want to taste a bit of everything, don't you? And there's no point getting a burger unless you're throwing it between a big flowery bap. <laughs> in my mind, anyway. <laughs> That's in my mind. Well, fair but point, here. well made. Yeah. But hey, we're 12 episodes in, and two fitness professionals, we're finally going to talk about something we know about. <laughs> we're, <finally laughs> <laughs> we're going to stop talking shit and uh, start talking about a bit of fitness, eh? Yeah. So I proposed this to you, and you said you were thinking about it already. So I'll, I'll put it to you for the, the listeners' ears. What does fitness mean to you? I well, when you mentioned it, I suppose every week when we try and come up with a topic, it's we, we, we could get on here and we could talk about anything and it would evolve into a good conversation about something, no doubt. But you kind of like to have a spearhead as well. You like to say, right, this is the direction we're going with this and this is what we're going to chat about today. And, and it gives the listener an idea whether they want to listen or not, because if it's just us talking randomly, it might not be uh, coherent enough to get people to listen. But I, I was thinking about fitness too and, and thinking... I suppose when we started the podcast, I didn't just want to be another fitness podcast because there's some clinkers of podcasts out there that deal with just fitness. Um, you actually said, I don't want to talk about fitness. <laughs> well, I don't want to get on. I don't want to stand on here and start talking about reps and sets and fucking uh, here's how to do your squat and trying to scrape a squat over a podcast. Like, um, I like doing that in the gym and, and the right set. And I love doing that. And I love seeing the progress of people coming along and, and getting better at things. But I'm not interested in then spending my my leisure time because I, I I consider this a leisure pursuit. This this is a, a this is a a pursuit of passion for me, just chatting. So I don't want to spend my time chatting about what the stuff I do at work as well. Like, but for me, fitness for me has evolved over time, and I suppose every every time you get older, you start to look at things a wee bit differently. For my whole life, fitness was all about serving a purpose in the sport that I played. I played Gaelic football and. Or a, or a box at a time as well. And my sole, my sole purpose was to be better than the person I was coming up against in the arena, wherever it was, in the boxing ring or on the football field. And I loved that. I was, I was really competitive in that, in that respect because I, I knew that if I put in the work, I could reap the rewards and I could shoulder the glory. And I knew that if I didn't do the work, it would just be down to me. Now, with a team sport, yes, it was going to be, a team result but i knew that if i did my part 
then at least that was as much as I could do. But as I get older, fitness means different things to me now. And I suppose you, you come away, you have a narrow view of things whenever you're younger and you suppose you're, you're, you're blinkers on and you're only looking at the things straight in front of you. Now, I'd be honest with you, fitness for me is more of a mental uh, pursuit. It, it makes me feel good mentally, physically, yes, but I feel better mentally whenever I exercise my body and I train my body. I get into a bit of a fog, a mental fog. I'm going to use the word fog. Um, I think that is a word. <laughs> it's a fucking word today. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like a mental fog, I'll go fog, and these won't give me fog. But I I just feel infinitely better whenever I'm in my wee routine. If I train Monday, Wednesday, Friday, my body feels good. I'm not as sore. I get sore when I don't train. I'm less in less pain when I don't train than when I'm I do. the same. I'll be stiff as a board. Oh, what's that about? Like, I remember when I was younger. Use it or lose it. That's what. When you're not using it, you lose it. You lose mobility. You lose flexibility. You can't move. Absolutely. And like, I, I can, I can count on one hand over the last five years whenever I, when I've got a good run of say at least three months of an uninterrupted training, whether it's illness or injury or just busyness or family life or whatever it is, I've always had something come up where it got in the way of me getting a nice run of unbroken consistent training and a while back i just I, I just decided i have to i have to make this more of a priority i talked to my clients about this i talked to our members about this about scheduling time and making sure that you give it a home so that it definitely happens and i was always trying to shoehorn it in around things and i just decided look i'm putting it in the middle of my day when i'm in work when that window between clients between the morning shift and the evening shift i'm just putting it there it's a non-negotiable because of the way it makes me feel like mentally, I couldn't describe the difference between me when I'm training regularly and consistently and I feel fit and strong and healthy and energetic. And then when I'm not doing everything just slows down. I just slow down to a snail's pace mentally and physically. Um, and I, I, I hold my hands up as a fitness professional. I've hold, held, uh, I've been hypocritical at times where I, I just couldn't get the mojo. I couldn't, I couldn't get into my stride at, there were times where I just felt like, oh, what's the point? Like, fuck it. I'm just, I'll just, I'm getting away with it. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't look like I'm completely out of shape. So I'll get away with it for another while. I'm but sure it was that'll be reassuring for people to hear because they'll have felt the same and maybe even are currently feeling that. But somebody who, you know, it, you're being put in the pedestal just because you're a, you're a coach and there's probably a thought as they'll, oh, well, they're always going to train and be motivated to eat well and, you know, the hafta, where it's the reality isn't. We're all just humans dealing with different challenges and issues and sometimes the exercise does fall down the priority ladder and you don't, you don't do it. Like, that's the way it, it can be. I, and it, like, it used to, it used to, I used to inwardly laugh, but it, it, at the same time, it was, it made me feel like a, a, a shite hawk. Like I would be sitting there and they'd be saying, ah, but it's all right for you. You're probably always motivated to train. And I'd be sitting there looking at them and saying, nah, you know what? See, when you leave and I clock off at one o'clock, I'd probably sit and read for an hour and then I'll take my lunch and then I'll, I'll maybe go for a walk. And I just can't motivate myself to train. But it takes, like we talked about it, about when it comes to motivation, it takes movement first. You can't wait on that motivation to come. And I've learned that as I've got older. Um, I used to be able to just train and, 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 uh, and it wasn't something you had to think about because it was just, it was associated with a goal. Your goal was to make the team or to make the weight for a fight or whatever it was. And it just you either did it or you didn't. You didn't. You had to. You had, you had skin in the game. You didn't get the player. You didn't get the fight if you didn't do the work. As you get older and more things get piled onto your plate, 
Uh, you have more responsibilities, you have more mental responsibilities, you have more of a mental workload. It just slips down the list. And I definitely have realized over the last few years, especially, that if I don't look after myself physically, physically I feel worse, mentally I feel worse, emotionally I feel worse. I'm shite, shite crack to be around because I'm not running on all cylinders. Um, and it's something I talk to my members. I openly talk about this because I like, I, I look, I, when I was on social media, I would, I would be looking at people and PTs, and I, I suppose it was a wee tinge of jealousy, maybe, or a wee bit of envy that these people look to have everything nailed down. I was like, I was looking at thinking, is that really your day to day? Do you always, are you always on top form? Because fuck me, I can't, I don't know how to get there. Like, and my clients were all sounding like me. They were all sounding like, sometimes I just not motivated to train. I just couldn't be bothered up on the sofa. And I could perfectly align myself with that. I was like, yeah, I, I understand that. I completely understand that. Um, I was I was for, I was closer to my clients coming in at square one than I was to some of the PTs on Instagram or Facebook, and I was thinking to myself, "What is wrong?" With well, I will not go down that rabbit hole of, of, <laughs> of, of social media. But it's funny, just you, you're talking about how it was easier whenever you had like finite goals of mm. making weight or you know making the team and playing towards championships and stuff. And even recently, I've had that finite goal of making a weight till till make competitions, but it's it's trying to somehow reframe that the most important game you're playing is, is the game of life. Like, and that has to, you have to place some importance on your physical fitness. And that's why it's going to be a different answer for everyone. I asked a couple of the girls in this morning, I was coaching this morning. And one of the girls said it to her, it was a mental thing. It was, you know, the, the, the benefits of training physically were, dwarfed by the benefits she felt mentally and emotionally and another woman said she just wants to be able to do whatever comes to her door you know she wants to be physically fit to handle whatever she is tasked to do in her everyday life <clears throat> rewind me maybe never really me because i didn't ever buy into the whole six-pack culture but i say a, a young you know vanity driven teen 20 year old fitness to them is is looking good with the top off fitness till i have a, a client who comes in he's 76 fitness to him is just not being sore getting on the bike doing two miles stretching and feeling the better of it move, leaving the leaving the building so i think whenever you're sort of mulling over this question in your head just appreciate that your answer is your own and what it means to you is as a good answer there's no wrong answer here fitness is very dependent on what's in front of you what are your sort of desired outcomes for be it your physical well-being or it might be just where you're at in your life with work demands like you said there too about how as you got older your your attention was spread wider or the responsibilities which you had grew so you weren't able to just switch on that training button when when you needed that or as easy as you used to be able to, yeah. because it was more black and white back then. We're in a, we're in very much a frigging gray area now. As as you get older, the black and white disappears, and it's all gray. So <laughs> being able to that's quite literal as well as metaphorical. Oh, my beard's looking a wee bit gray there. I'm gonna trim out the grays. Uh, you, uh, you need to be able to appreciate the importance of it, but adjust the expectations that you have of yourself to match where you're at 
and where you want to go. And I think that's, you know, fitness is daunting. Uh, One of the girls actually counter-argued. Well, it wasn't a counter-argument. It was a fantastic point. She just said, if you asked somebody who's incredibly unfit or overweight or, or whatever, fitness is a scary word. It's an intimidating word. You know, they go the opposite direction whenever they're faced with this this sort of elephant in the room because they know they're not fit. Mm-hmm. And that's why if you can, if you are someone who is, I'm doing air quotes here that you can't see, but unfit, then what I'm telling you now is fitness is relative to you. So maybe it's just walking up the stairs without getting out of breath. You know, that's, that's your fitness until you get that comfortably and then you go to the next thing constant evolution and iteration of what it means to you but the bottom line is that you acknowledge the importance of it for the quality of your life never mind your your waistline yeah. your life because just what you had been saying there is the impact it has mentally and emotionally out with the benefits it has physically that it just can't it can't you can't ignore it it's one of those things that um, I think whenever I, like, I suppose whenever you get a new client or a new member, you sort of, you're talking to them in a way that you want everything that you say to land on the spot. But eventually you get to the stage where you're able to say, you're able to be more candid with them and you're able to cut to the chase a bit quicker. And when you get to the point where you realize that, right, your body is a machine, it's a meat machine. Okay. What happens to machine when we don't maintain them? They fall, they break down and they, they they stop working the way we want them to. And that's exactly the way I look at it now. The, the machine is physical, but it's also mental and emotional too. It has all these facets. And if we don't maintain the machine, it, it stops working properly for us. And when it stops working, our quality of life uh, decreases. I use a line sometimes uh, to people is not only do we want to add years to your life, we want to add life to your years. So we don't want you just making 90. We want you rock star 90 we want you enjoying nice lane exactly like i want you enjoying that 90th birthday party and everybody looking at you thinking jesus he's queer cracker she's queer crackers now why life and why devilment and cracking them because they're up and about and they're at it and you you don't have to be a gym bunny find something you like and just borrow it learn it get good at it uh find a passion find something you have a passion for that involves physical exertion whatever that looks like for you but ultimately, again, one of the things that I came to the conclusion was it's my responsibility to do this. Like, no one's going to get me fit. Um, sometimes I get frustrated, and I'm sure you're the same sometimes. When you think, I've had times in the past, especially when in my younger years, whenever I was a PT, it was nearly as though people were saying, coming to you and saying, right, you get me fit now. You get me fit, and I, there's my there's my fitness goals there. You You get them for me. And I, it took me long enough to realize that I can't be the one who wants this more than you do. You, you're going to you're gonna need to be the one who wants this. And, and I'm going to be the one who guides you. And I'm by your side. And I'm your backup. And I'm your wingman. And I'll do all that I can in my power to help you. But if you're not the one taking this by the scruff of the neck and, and doing this for yourself, then it's it's not ultimately it's not going to go anywhere because I'm not going to be around forever with you. I'm, you're not going to be with me forever. I'm not going to be there with the other 165 hours of the week. So what are we going to do here? Like, I, I can't, I can't do it for you. So it has to mean something for you. And whenever you look at it through the gaze of what is this adding to my life and what is maybe not being fit, taken away or stopping me from doing, it's a lot easier to get that get up and go to go and do it. Like, I love the way I feel when I'm exercising and I'm training. I don't always love the feeling when I'm training physically in the session, 
Uh, I did a session yesterday and the sweat lashing at me and I was ready to quit umpteen times, but I laughed it off. I sent sweaty selfies to local ones and just got on with it. And I felt great after. Um, you've, you've left me a couple of threads that I can, I can tug on here. Okay. Uh, a question that lends itself well to this from one of my own coaching team, Oren Rafferty on this topic. Why do people not stick to training or eating well when they know how beneficial it is? There's a, there's a word for that. It's called ambivalence. It's it's knowing that you need to be doing something or you should be doing something, but not having the ability to be able to do it and consistently follow through with it. And ultimately, it leads. it's, it's mostly about taking ownership and uh, autonomy and knowing that Ultimately, this is something that you want and re- framing it in a way that you know that it's what you want. Like I, I did this, uh, I did a qualification in motivational interviewing and it's fantastic because I like whenever you're setting goals with somebody, a lot of PTs will sit and set the goals for them and say, right, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do the other. And that's great. Um, and it'll last for a wee while, but eventually it'll stop. But motivational interviewing would teach you to sit down and ask them. What is it that you want from this? And then ask them why and keep asking them why until they get to the root cause of why they want to do the thing that they want to do. And I'm sure we've talked about this before, five whys or seven whys. You'll have seen it in books, various books. And then whenever you get to that there, you ask them how confident are you that you're going to be able to achieve that? And then you break that down. And until they're giving you like a nine or a 10 out of 10 in confidence, then that's where you need to get them to. If they're not giving you a nine or 10, whatever the wee habit that you're trying to get them to pick up or whatever the skill is that you're trying to get them to achieve, if they're not nine or 10 out of 10 confident that they can achieve it sitting there right in front of you, then they're not going to be able to do it when they leave because they're highly motivated when they're sitting in front of you and they're telling you all the right things when they're sitting in front of you. But if they're sitting there saying, well, I can put an eight out of 10, I can say I can do that. And a lot of people will say, all right, that's good. Eight out of 10 is good. Better than six. Go on your head and try that for the next week. But if they're sitting there thinking, telling you they're eight out of ten, they might actually be six, and they're telling you eight just to tell you. So right. a lot of the time it's about picking the right size of task. So the change might be too much for them. It might be that they've tried to start going to the gym four times a week from now. I had a woman who was coming to me for personal training, and she wanted to start attending the gym on her own as well. So she was wild. She had wild anxiety. Uh, she suffered with a lot of different wee um, problems and. Um, she couldn't see herself showing up when I wasn't there with her. So I said to her, look, tell you what, you just show up at the gym tomorrow. I'm on shift. You show up at the gym, just come in, say hello, and then leave again. And then I, I just want you to get into the habit of showing up, knowing that you haven't got a PT session booked. And that was enough for her. That was that, that wee small thing of just driving to the gym, coming in, popping in, saying hello to me. When she got there, she said, I feel silly if I don't do something. And I said, well, here, the gym's your own work, UA, whatever you want to do. If you jump onto that air bike there and do it couple of e-sprints and sure don't stay too long if you don't want to you don't have to but that in itself just breaking down that wee barrier of not being able to show up without a pt session that was enough she started attending the gym twice a week on her own once a week with me and that was it it just took that wee thing to break that barrier and it was breaking the skill or the habit or the thing down to the more palatable size for her and that's why a lot of people don't stick at it is because maybe they've they've taken off at maybe too too fast a pace or the the goal yeah, doesn't mean enough to them. Or the they? steps are too too far apart. Yeah. It's um yeah, small steps, discipline developed, and I think the bottom line there is is just truly understanding where you want to achieve what it is you're you're working toward. 
And if anybody is listening and they're feeling like they do want to do something, but they can't, you know, they're in this loop of, of starting and failing and starting and failing, give us a shout. Well, we'll ask now. I'll ask you some motivational interview questions. <laughs> it, it's great. It's a it's a great tool. Like I, I remember going to that seminar. It was a two day seminar in Belfast, and I remember sitting and the guy taking it. He was a master at it. Like it just flowed. So, like essentially, what you're trying to get someone is from a stage of ambivalence to a stage where they can see themselves actually making meaningful change. And it's just the conversation. Like I am literally not telling them anything, and you're getting them to suggest their own solutions. And then asking them how confident they are, and it's a such a it's a such a gentle way to progress with something that works pretty much a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, I've done a, I've done a couple of of master classes and stuff with hostage negotiators and, and different things. It is lethal, like you know, it's the like power magic. of language is is sensational and tone and and just listening. You know, listening. That's, it's listening really, isn't it? Massive sort of over overlooked quality in a coach is their ability to listen. Absolutely. Right, I think we've we've done a nice job on fitness there. Yeah, I, th- I think that well, you touched on a point there about fitness being scary. Right, the word fitness might be scary, but look, look, let's look another word, just health. Just health. Look, look after your health. And one of the ways you can do that is by improving your fitness. And fitness for me is about being able to tackle the demands of your life. And that's it. Like, So if you want to be able to tackle the demands of your life better, looking after your physical, mental, and emotional fitness is going to be a game changer for you. And the gym or wherever you do it, the swimming pool, the park, wherever it is, that's just going to be one vehicle for you to tackle that. So if you're on the fence, jump off and give me 10. <laughs> 10 what? Push-ups. <laughs> right. <clears throat> Question. If we weren't, I don't know really what you call this genre of podcast, but if you were to do another podcast mm. without me holding your hand, what would, it, what would it be about? Is this a breakup? No, no we're, we're podcast are you, husbands. Are you shipping me off to someone else? Uh, it's not me, it's you. Um, I would have to say it would have to be books. Uh, it would be a it would be a podcast book club, or maybe movies and TV shows. Too. I like I, I like all of that. Um, I like I like the whole mindset space too. Like I don't know, like I, I feel like we cover that many different. Uh, the, the reason I like this is because we're not hemmed in by by a genre. We like to. It's funny, like, because like, we've talked a lot about, you know, going an inch wide and a mile deep. <laughs> but we very much go a mile wide and an inch deep. You know what? We've went that we went that wide. We went that wide. We've taken a few wrong turns, probably. We have yeah. no idea where we are. But <laughs> I, well, I suppose for me personally, like I told you at the start, I wanted this to be a conversation i wanted this to be people listen if the people were still listening i wanted them to be listening to us as if they were listening to us in the room with them and it wasn't set up it wasn't uh, rehearsed or orchestrated it was just a conversation because i always found especially when i was doing one-to-ones i found the best conversations that i ever had were just picking out a wee thread picking out a thread of a sentence that somebody said to you and you got to know the heart of the situation then and you really got to boil down to the essence of what they were talking about and i love we intricacies of conversations where you actually talk about things that matter and and you actually say what you think and you you dig in a wee bit to what you mean by that and it's not just cliches and surface yeah, i don't think anybody can accuse us of just being surface level love family no well i hate that like i, I just i think we spend so much of our lives wasted just fluffing and fluffing so I don't know, like, I think, I think if I wasn't doing this podcast, I would love to do one on books and, and just, 
love I love asking people questions. I love asking people like I love asking people like I do this all the time in the gym, asking for recommendations. Ask people what what are they reading? Ask people what are they watching? And I just want them to tell me about it. And I want them to tell me what what it means to them. And like I love finding out what people are thinking and what they're feeling about things. And if you get someone like, talking to you and they're excited about what they're talking about. Doesn't matter what they're talking about. You'll just enjoy the conversation, and you'll, you know, whenever someone is their eyes light up, whenever you talk to them, ask them about whatever it is. It could be friggin' anything. There's a girl used to come in here, and she loved knitting, and I, I knew she loved knitting, and it was my knowledge of knitting's light, but I still got her at it every week, like you know, I still, Literally. and she she lit up and and went into her her uh, her latest her latest jumper or whatever it was. She <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think it was you that told me this, but I, I'm going to give away a personal trainer secret here. Um, there's two secrets you imparted on to me uh, whenever I started out with uh, the gym that we we were both working in, and one of them was I couldn't understand how you were counting and chatting at the same time, and I was befuddled, bewildered by this because I <laughs> I couldn't talk. Just for the listeners, Parik did a mouthful of water there; he nearly spat out. So at behind the scenes tip. For any new personal trainers, and here's a wee mind-blowing fact for all you clients out there. Porrick Grimes, I don't know if you started this, but Porrick Grimes used to count on his fingers behind his back as he talked to his members. And I was amazed. Until I seen you with your back to me doing that, I couldn't understand. Because I was counting the reps when I was shadowing you and never missed a beat. Never missed a beat. Always knew what rep they were on. Chatting away about whatever football match was on. Um, I couldn't understand. So that's one secret. But the next one would be you used to, I, I, like I, you'd be telling me all about the new clients that I'd be coming up with. You, you've been training them a while, so you knew what to chat to them about. And I said, well, you'd be saying, well, this one's a wee bit, a wee bit harder to chat because they don't really talk that much. So what I do is I read the headlines in the newspaper when I'm going in and I find out about the football, find out about what's in the new current affairs. And that was a life saver for me when I started out PTing because inevitably you'd be, you'd get chatting to people who you didn't know what they liked, they mightn't like chatting. So you would just chat about the news, the headlines. And you were like, an, you, you felt like you were an encyclopedia of knowledge, but realistically, you just started them off with the headline and then they took over. Yeah, they yeah. put their 50p in. But now, like, I don't, I don't mind, like, I don't mind awkward silences. I find, I just like proper conversation, proper chat. Um, so you can actually dig into something. And even if it's nothing, if you're not talking about anything, finding out their opinion on that thing or finding out what they think or feel about it. But I love it. I love it. What would you do a podcast about? I have been approached by someone else to do a podcast. Oh, this is a fucking, this is a fucking breakup. <laughs> this was a very subtle way of telling him. Oh, oops. Yes. No, I've been asked by a, a couple of, well, about probably seven or eight people through Instagram to do a wee fantasy football preview show. Uh-huh. So I'm awful at fantasy football, but I absolutely love it. Like I love it, but I'm, I'm properly bad at it. Yes. So I've, I've, Reached out to another man who is at one point last year he was I think he got as high as twenty fourth in the world. This is out of eight million, like twenty fourth in the world out of eight million, crazy. So uh, me and him's gonna do a fantasy football preview show right. in a couple, couple of weeks. I can wholeheartedly say that I will not be listening. That I have <laughs> no idea what that whole world is about, but I know you enjoy it. So fair play to you and crack on with it. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm not getting the cold shoulder. We'll continue. Don't worry, dear listener. We shall continue for as long as... Well, if that podcast blows up, I may just come in as a bit part. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Segment on a I'll never forget my friends. <laughs> right. I, th- I see our timer after popping up there, so I'm going to 
bail on into my question. Um, oddly enough, this is about podcasts too. Um, so if we were to start doing more interviews or if we were to start bringing guests onto the podcast, which we are going to do, but this is more of a hypothetical sort of fantasy world. If you can invite anyone onto this podcast, dead or alive, who would it be? And what would you ask them? Can you tell I had that written down? I or you didn't want Are to mess that up. <laughs> so you uh, who would be, who and what would, would you ask them? What do you want to pick their brains on? Uh, let me see. Who would be who would be an interesting conversation? See, you could have one that would appeal to the masses. You know, you could have somebody like. Uh, I don't know, Alvis or somebody, you know, iconic like that there. But I don't know if it'd be too bad. <laughs> I was actually... I understand the word he's saying. Oh. I listened, just on the on podcast again, I was listening to uh, one yesterday and one of the, it was sort of a synopsis of different things he had learned over the last year. And one of the things that he'd learned about, it was sort of never never meet your heroes, but the reason being that Heroes are generally in the top 5% or the top 1% of whatever it is they do. And the amount of sacrifice which they must live through to reach that top echelon of whatever sort of area of, of excellence it is, they're probably not that great a person because they've probably had to sacrifice family, relationships. They've probably had to sacrifice a huge chunk of their, their social life, their development, just to be this you know one percenter. So... I don't know that you know maybe Alvis would be different or Johnny Cash MJ seem to have a bit of a spark about them, but that's why I'd be hesitant till till meet a hero, yeah, and, and have a have a conversation with with them. So who would I, who would I get on? Do you have someone in mind? Mine's a wee bit mine's a wee bit sappy, but I honestly was thinking about it. There's plenty of famous people and plenty of celebrities that I would I would I'd love to get chatting about. Honestly, I like the more I thought about it, I, I kind of went down the road of I, I'd love to get me, I'd love to my granddad died when I was 16, 15 or 16. And I'd love to get now as a grown man, I'd love to get a chat with him and ask him some questions, some real questions, and just get a, a proper now that I can have grown up mature conversations, I would love to have a mature, well rounded conversation with that man because like, he had a big, big impact on my life growing up. Yeah. I think that would be just be amazing now to be able to talk to him the way I can talk to people now. I think that'll be amazing. I remember, I remember interviewing him one time for a, a history project that we were doing, and he lived through World War Two, and he was telling me about it. And I remember writing it all down, and I remember just writing it down because it was a homework thing. I'd love to have that conversation again now, and just hear about it, and just like, like the man was a wealth of knowledge, and he he just he lived for eighty years, and I would love to hear about those eighty years, and I would love to just roll back the tape, and and I remember doing it before Granny passed away. I sat with her when she was in the hospital and I just, I made sure to ask her all the questions that I wanted to, that I wanted to ask. And I didn't, I never got doing that with Grand. And I would love to do that again. Like I think that would be, that would be an amazing conversation. Yeah. That's a good answer. It's a good answer. I'll, I'll, I'll sit in on that interview. Just I'll sit in on that podcast. Brian Hollywood was an interesting man. He would have a lot to say. You could <laughs> a three part series about it. <laughs> uh, he, uh, he, if, he's helped drag you up he's not done too bad then he'd be, he'd be well worth a listen he might listen to me now and think what an under god are you chatting <laughs> on a podcast what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> right that's us one thing though one thing uh, i'm gonna spring this on you i want you to i i was playing about with editing this uh last week and i noticed that i can put like a song at the end 
Weesh. So we'll do a vote. So my song versus your song, and we'll see who the public vote for. You got a song now? No, well I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest Kingsley on the bucket. That's my song. Okay. Um I've got one by the black keys that I like, but I can't remember the name of it. Oh um, that's, that's a good song, yeah. <laughs> I'll message it the Lonely Boy probably or something out there, is it? Hold on a second. Like we've got two and a half minutes. I filled time there while I try and find it on my Spotify here. <laughs> well, I think it can only attach to about thirty seconds, but it'll just it'll be a nice uh bit of interaction with the listeners so they can they can vote on a Monday whose song they want to end the podcast with. So I'm going with the tried and tested Kings of Leon, the bucket. And now it's trying his best to find I'm frantically searching for one here. I'm uh, afraid it doesn't matter, you're gonna get beat. But anyway. Clearly not my favourite song, like, but it is a very good song. I like playing it. It's you heard it you heard it in the radio about three days ago. No, no. <laughs> Oh, hold on, I've got the album up here now. All right, we're nearly there. Keep me. Black Keys, keep me. Give that a wee Google, guys, on YouTube or whatever. And, Google uh, on YouTube, yeah. Google on YouTube. <laughs> You're losing uh, this badly here. <laughs> oh, no, that was well worth the wait. Keep me, Black Keys, great tune. Right, and that'll be how we end, or maybe start. Maybe that's how we'll start next week's podcast. Well, I'll, I'll, that? Is that I'll wedge it in. I think so. Well, here, if we're not, this is a fucking futile exercise. It's emotional, it's been a good day. Oh, my go. It's easier to ask for forgiveness and permission. Yeah, that's the one. Right. I'll chat this. Good luck.